Before we start the show, we just want to give everyone a quick heads up. Today, we will be dealing with some difficult subjects, including grief, addiction, and mental health. If you are struggling, please reach out. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline is 1-800-662-4357. For more resources, go to https colon forward slash forward slash info forward slash resources forward slash crisis underscore centers forward slash. Hello and welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. I'm Meg here with Elle today and we are talking about tough stuff. We're writers, we're besties, and we started So You Wanna because we wanted to create a space for other authors to chat, hang out, and just be. As always, the world needs more books. It needs your books. Let's make that happen. I'm the writer of the Miranda Wrights trilogy, The Ostler's Boy of Swords and Horses, The Holiday Affair, Birds and Bullets, and Once Upon a Night, my latest work. You can find all of this on Wattpad under Megan Alexandria. You can find my poetry collective Shallow on Amazon under author slash Megan Alexandria. And of course, where I'm most active on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. So follow me. Hello, hello. She's Meg. I'm Elle. I'm a contemporary romance author. You can check out the following books on Wattpad for the love of art, read One Last Night, Kalorglin, and A Very Kalorglin Christmas, all under L. Meredith Writes. Chat with me on Instagram at lmeredith.writes. Check out my silly writer life videos on TikTok at lmeredith.writes. Oh, another recording session has come. Hooray. <laughs> Should we be saying hooray with today's subject, though? No. Uh, in fact, it's pretty inappropriate, and I should probably go back and edit that out and <laughs> post on. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, for anyone <laughs> who's like, ew, gross, everything I say is a joke. Please don't hate me. <laughs> yeah, and please still keep listening. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> let me ruin Elle's career here. I'm... Yeah, exactly. You guys, I need this. Ah, <laughs> oh, that that's sad. Oh man. Well, today's show is definitely going to be a difficult one. Um, lots of subjects here, all of which actually, I know for me personally, have touched my life. So, yeah, for sure. And again. <laughs> You can pause this and go back at any time for our disclaimer that happened at the beginning of the show. Uh, we do it again here. So if you missed it and you still want to listen to the show, you can. We'll try to plug that in here as many times as possible. Um, but if at any point you're listening to the show and you feel like, oh, wow, this is not for me, you can skip it. It's fine. I won't take it personally. I won't take it personally. 
Yeah, we understand some subjects are, are difficult and it's, it's hard to listen to them. You know, I'm, I'm a really big podcast listener and there are episodes where they do those trigger warnings. And I feel like in the moment, you know, that I can do it, I can listen to it. And then they hit the part and I'm like, nope, nope, I got to pause this. I got to, you know, take a break or, you know, something like that. Cause it's, it's difficult. And, and that's why I think it's so important to have those disclaimers at the beginning so that, you know, people know what they're getting into and, right. and you know, yeah. And yeah, you can stop anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the best place to start today's episode is to say that as writers, it is okay to write about difficult moments in life. These can be controversial topics, uh, but they're very real. And as Elle said, you know, these sorts of things touch a lot of lives. Including ours, which I said earlier too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I feel like where we should start is with addiction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the three things we said we were going to talk about are addiction, mental health, and grief. And all of these are very linked, um, but I think addiction is a great place to start. Uh, for sure. Addiction is a subject that has touched me. I am the daughter of an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that gave me courtside seats to seeing what addiction started like from start to very bitter end. Right. And and before we get too deep into that subject, because it does affect so many lives, um, I just want to throw this in here. And I know you guys are tired of me saying it, but please do your research. Because when it comes to portraying any of the topics that we're going to talk about today, not only will it resonate better with your readership, if it's accurate, but you will also avoid alienating your current readers or potential readers by being insensitive. Addiction is also more than just alcohol and or illicit drugs. There are addictions to gambling, shopping, sex, and so on. All addictions are very real, and no matter what you're choosing to write about, you need to take all of it with the seriousness that it deserves. So true. Um, I mean, unfortunately, to keep this podcast from being hours and hours and hours long, we kind of have to cut down what addictions we're going to talk about. So we decided to stick to substance abuse today because (laughs) it is probably the most common thing that we get asked about, and it's probably the most common thing that you'll read in books whenever it comes to addiction. So Meg, why don't you hit us with that golden standard psychological definition of addiction? That is a lot of excitement. I'm very passionate. I'm an Aries. Uh Yeah, I'll give you a pass this time. Okay. (laughs) Well, the psychological definition of addiction is the inability to stop using a substance or engaging in a particular behavior. Addiction is a chronic behavior. Mm-hmm, exactly. And since you're our resident character guru, I'll oh, let you talk a bit, a bit about what that means for character development. Well, essentially, it means that whether the addict is the primary or secondary character, you need to make sure that their addiction is a continuous trait. As well, the addiction must have an effect on the plot. Think rule of lamp. In this case, the addiction is the lamp. If you remove it 
and nothing about the story changes, you have to get rid of it. I agree with that. So let's get into some tips. The first one being know how the addiction you are choosing will affect your character's appearance. Mm -hmm. People who use substances often don't look healthy. So it'd be strange to have a character who is addicted and looks stunning from the beginning of your novel to the end. It would, it just doesn't, it doesn't go together. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, think about the difference in appearance they, there would be after they get help. So if you do decide to show that side of it, there should be a clear difference between what your character looks like sober and what they look like in active addiction. Also, you want to think about how it affects their behavior. If your character was not in an active addiction at the beginning of the novel, there should be a progressive change. Even if they were in an active addiction, you need to think about where in that timeline your character is. Remember, addiction worsens over time. Also, know who your character was before the addiction began. That's going to help with the catalyst, which is an important part of an addict's story. All right, the next tip is going to sound a little weird, but stay with me. There needs to be benefits to the addiction. No, I'm not talking about clear skin and luscious curls. I mean, why does this character need their substance of choice? Does it numb physical or emotional pain? Does it keep their anxiety at bay? Keep in mind, any addiction has a way of controlling a person. So readers should see the addiction control your character. Make sure you're showing the ways that it does. Well, we should talk money. The likely scenario is that they're doing criminal activity, burglary, or being dealers themselves. Regardless of what you choose, you need to know two things. One, how to portray any criminal activity properly, including penalties if caught. And two, show how this is a huge obstacle in your character's life. Addiction has a ripple effect. Its negative impact can't just solely be on the character with the addiction. You need to show how the addiction is affecting those around the addict. A big thing to think about is the fact that people, no matter how close, will draw the line somewhere. This includes completely walking away from an addict and not having them in their life anymore. Show how it affects others. Show how decisions made by other characters affect your addicted character. And there should be a crisis point. A lot of people know this as rock bottom, but this is the moment when your character will decide to change. That said, you need to think long and hard about the catalyst. Here's where you should think about relapsing. Keep in mind, they're common in real life. We would be remiss not to talk about long-term health implications. You don't get to walk away from poisoning your body with no health problems. And it's not just physical problems, but mental ones too. Because the impact varies substance to substance, we advise you to do your research. That way, when you do go to write it, you'll be sure that you're doing it properly. And finally, access your inner darkness. Look, it's no secret. Addiction is a dark thing. There's no need to sugarcoat it. Please don't romanticize it. Just write it for what it is. Speak truth through your words. And luckily, in darkness, we can always find light. Remember that addiction is considered a treatable chronic illness. Like Elle said earlier, it's complex. Guys, 
we are dealing with brain circuits, genetics, environment, and life experiences. There is so much to consider when it comes to writing your characters. Yeah, and that's why we keep saying so many times, do your research. And make sure that your research is well-rounded. So from here, I think it makes sense to talk about mental health. It's pretty closely related to addiction. That's true. In fact, people with mental with mental illnesses are twice as likely to have a substance use disorder in comparison to the general population. And actually, people with schizophrenia, the number is more like 50%. Well, you have gone from happily ever ill to doomsday ill. So there's that. The sexy teapot is broken. Oof. In all seriousness, though, <laughs> I went to university to, sub- to study this exact subject. I think these stats are so incredibly important to know, not just for dealing with an addict in your life or someone with mental illness, but obviously in writing too. Knowing how closely related these two subjects are can help you create more dynamic characters. Right. And remember, mental illness is pretty common. In 2017, it was estimated that 970 million people worldwide had a mental or substance use disorder. That is a staggering number. (laughs) But mental illness varies a lot. It goes from eating disorders, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, schizophrenia, and so on and so on. And in that large number I gave earlier. <laughs> the 970 million people? Yep, that one. Out of those millions of people, there are so many that function just like anyone else. Which is what I think is important to keep in mind when you're writing. Mental illness isn't just an overt symptoms that we see when the they're left untreated. That's very true. In fact, I have a friend who I knew for years and one day she casually brought up that she was schizophrenic. I had no idea. We ended up having a really cool and candid conversation about her being schizophrenic and a wife and mother. And that's why talking to someone who actually has the mental illness that you're writing about is a great tool. Remember, people want to be portrayed accurately, not in stereotypes. Along the lines of stereotypes, I want to add, please don't make all your villains driven by some kind of mental illness. If it's a piece of their personality, cool, great. You've made them more dynamic and that's awesome. But mental illness doesn't have to be the reason for their villainous actions. Also, it's okay for heroes to struggle. Think Hamlet or Fight Club or because we were talking about this earlier, Richardson season two. <laughs> I know though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. At the end of the day, the important thing is to portray mental illness in a real way. And remember that it affects a lot of people, but the majority function in day-to-day society. We should move into our commercial. Uh, When we come back, we will touch on grief. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then you need Anchor. That's the app we use. Anchor is a podcasting platform that gives you the power to create content on your terms. The best part, it's free. So what are you waiting for? Start recording your show today. And we're back. Just a reminder, today's episode is all about tough stuff and how to write it. If at any point the subjects become too much, feel free to skip this episode. 
A reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Hotline is 1-800-662-4357. And for even more resources, you can go to https colon slash slash www.iasp.info slash resources slash crisis underscore centers. So before the commercial, we touched on addiction and mental illness. In this half of the show, we're going to talk about grief. This is a tough subject for us. We've both been touched by grief in a devastating way. It's actually the reason why we became friends. I can't even imagine. I mean, me either. Um, (laughs) Obviously, that's not how I grew up. Um, But what I do know is that it definitely affected his mental health and was ultimately what drove him to start drinking. It's difficult because my dad held a job his whole, like my whole life, and he was very attentive, very active parent. So I get a lot of, oh, well, he was a functional alcoholic. You're lucky, Um, Mm. which is actually very painful because people see the side, that side of it, you know, the functioning side of it, but they didn't get to see how dysfunctional it was behind closed doors in my house. Um, And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my dad fiercely. Uh, Losing him was so hard. He was my greatest ally, the person who believed in me the most. And considering the fact that he really grew up without much guidance in the realm of parenting, he was just the best dad I could have asked for. Uh, That said, it doesn't mean that all of it hasn't had an impact on me. Yeah. And when we met, you told me that you were very careful and conscious about your drinking and about how much you consume and when. Definitely. I try to be very emotionally aware of myself. And one reason is that I don't like the culture of, oh, I had a bad day. I'll just drink it away. Um, You know, I've been behind that curtain, folks. (laughs) No, thank you. Um, I'm much more of a reflect, feeling your emotions, be aware of your emotions, et cetera. Yeah. I can't say that I subscribe to that culture either. I think the last time that I drank was like a year and a half ago at Christmas and I don't like wine. So I didn't even like finish it. I'm a garbage rat is what I'm saying. I just don't <laughs> like fancy things. Um, yeah, I know. And you know, I, I, uh, I can definitely say like, I, I really felt it um, mm-hmm. when my dad died, like that whole desire to, to numb it. Mm-hmm. I really felt it. And I think that's part of what scared me too about drinking was just the fact that even though I wasn't a drinker, I felt that, that calling almost. And it, it did scare me a little bit because it was mm-hmm. really easy to just think, oh, fuck it. I'm going to get wasted. You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's the point of not like, why stay sober? he did it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I also know that my dad would never want me to follow in his footsteps. He would never want that to be my life. He would demand of me actually to be healthy and happy. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of where I started picking myself up. And I mean, I have to say, I hate when people tell me that, but you know, it's okay for me to think that (laughs) and know that that's what my dad would want for me. Please don't say it to me. Yeah. But of course, you know, grief has followed me around ever since his death. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, obviously we became friends because of, of grief, you know, um, I lost my dad as well. And I definitely, I definitely feel 
the idea of grief being a shadow that just kind of follows you around. Yeah. It haunts you. And I think, you know, <laughs> like our experiences and countless other uh, experiences out there of dealing with grief is why it's so important to handle this subject with care. Yeah. I'm sure everyone who is listening to this has dealt with death in some way. So when you're writing about it, it's highly likely your reader has experienced this unfortunate part of life. Grief is such a roller coaster. One second, you can be laughing and feeling great. The next, huddled in a corner crying and not always 100% sure how or why it's happening. Um, And because it's such an up and down journey, it's so important to put a trigger warning on it. Some days people can handle reading something about death and other days it's a no go. So be considerate. Well, and the other thing about that is, you know, as somebody who faces that sort of like trigger in day-to-day life you could be having like the best day in the world and think you're invincible and then bam something hits you completely off guard so I know that trigger warnings get kind of like a bad rap because some people think they're silly but just giving a heads up to someone that that content is coming can make such a difference so I really would consider it Mm -hmm. all right I want to approach this topic from a give your characters a purpose aspect. Just like how every single character you write should serve a purpose to the overall story or be deleted, the deaths you write and the characters you sentence them to should be meaningful. Makes sense. The first thing I'm going to do is let you in on a little secret. Making your readers care about your characters is the number one way to make death impactful. If your readers like the guy, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be more likely to realize why that person had to die, though. Because it should be obvious from the beginning that this character has likable traits, either good or bad, that make them vital to your story. I just want to jump in here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do not like the character at the beginning. Looking at you, Miranda writes book one. (laughs) Okay, Okay, you can keep going now. (laughs) But (laughs) hopefully it's obvious by the end of that book why that happened. I know. It's why I'm still mad at you. (laughs) Not (laughs) over it. (laughs) You want to go into these scenes. um, You know, certain people care about the guy you're going to blow up. Okay. So (laughs) just be aware of that. If you haven't written him to be someone that they want to emotionally invest in, either for good or evil, your scene is going to fall a little bit flat. And the worst thing that could happen is someone might think, well, that what was that? You know, what was the point of barista number five at all? Just going to chime in here that we have a podcast all about character building. So after this episode, you can check that one out. Okay, continue. All right. Well, we talked about addiction having a ripple effect. I just want to say that death has a ripple effect. Think of all your little characters as little fish swimming around in their happy pond. If you drop a big old death rock into the middle, they're going to react. Your scene is going to be meaningful because of that. And your readers want to see who does what, who cries, who cheers, who's clearly the butler in the library with the candlestick. And the death should serve as a catalyst 
for something, especially in your protagonist, even if it's the villain that dies. If the Joker just dropped dead, I guarantee you Batman isn't just going to go out for Starbucks and huzzah. He's probably going to brood and contemplate what he would have done to save the Joker or, you know, change him before it was too late. That's just who Batman is. And even if that's the silliest example that you've ever heard, there's a sense of loss, right? So how a character reacts to death is a golden opportunity to define who that character really is. Are they good-hearted? Are they fucked up? Are they triggered or reminded by their previous experiences with death? There must be a cost to the death for it to matter. Oh my gosh, this is an awful based on the subject we're talking about, but I'm really into the way that you're describing all of this. <laughs> is Normally it the hand? I jump in. <laughs> Normally I jump in and help you, but I think I should just leave you to do it. <laughs> well, what a perfect way to highlight my next point, which is avoid theatrics. Hey, what's that supposed to mean? Yeah, every season. Um, exactly <laughs> what it sounds like, L. Back to the subject at hand. Death is dramatic as it is. You do not need to throw the tongue flailing out of the mouth or harp on all the visual effects so much. If you've built the character soundly, bringing in too many details and over-describing it can take away from the reader's ability to fill in the gaps with their own connection to whoever's catching the axe. So don't tell your readers how to feel. Let them decide. As my mother would say, never assume your reader is an idiot. In this case, an emotional idiot. <laughs> okay, well, after that airy season comment, I've decided I am going to jump in. Of course you are. Uh, and I'm going to give a tip that I think is very important, and that is don't kill for shock and awe. Oh, the reason we recommend a trigger warning ahead of time in a book that alludes to or demonstrates death is because people are triggered by death. If you're writing nonsense, you're kind of taking away from the weight that death is. Whether a person decides to believe that life is it, you live and die, or there's an afterlife, a person is gone. And therefore, there is a gaping wound where they were standing a moment before. You need to remember that. That's not to say death can't be used for, you know, an interesting plot twist. It can, and in some stories should be, but in those, it's actively driving plot forward. But death for the sake of death is insensitive, and while there might be a smaller audience for people who just want to read that, I'd say from a personal standpoint, you're going to create something more impactful if you don't just, you know, kill someone for the sake of killing them. And just... One more thing. There's something uh, that people say that I don't entirely agree with, but um, you shouldn't give away that death is imminent. Honestly, in my own work, I blatantly tell readers who's going to die multiple times. So it can be done. The trick is to just distract your reader with the rest of the cast and their overall story um, and then make them feel attached and make them feel safe. Megan Alexandria breaking all the rules. Right. But the point is, you know, make it work and make it matter for you. If you feel nothing, your readers will feel nothing. 
So maybe this is just my Pisces brain talking, but in my opinion, you know, the writer and the reader should both kind of merge together in the experience and be considering why this scene affects them and how it could affect them more in order to write it to hurt the most. So, you know, I've, I've actually heard that though, like if that you should be able to feel the emotion that you're trying to elicit. So if you're not feeling it, then there's a very high chance that your readers are not going to feel it either. Right. Unless you are a robot, but yeah, <laughs> I think we're dealing with humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I just want to put out there that, you know, be aware that getting into this mindset can be painful. It's very easy to tap into your own grief. And as writers, we tend to be broody types. So please adhere to Maslow's hierarchy and needs when you're doing this. Don't forget to take care of your own health and mental health. So to sum it all up, make death in your novel important because it is important. Yep. Yep. And uh, with that, I think that is the end of the show. It was a tough one, but definitely subjects worth talking about and making sure that people are writing them properly and in a respectful way. Absolutely. Again, you know, don't feel that you're limited to this podcast. If you have questions, you can always ask L or I for them. We are available 24-7. I mean, we do sleep, but we are available on Discord and Instagram. Um, you can slide into our DMs and ask us anything you want. If we don't know, we will find someone who does know. And we do know other resources. You know, something I should have said in the addiction one, a great place to go if there are open meetings near you is Al-Anon. It's a great resource, Mm -hmm. a place to go where you can learn more about living with someone with addiction. Um, You can go to alcoholic and narcotic uh, anonymous meetings if they're open. But if they are, make sure that you are being respectful to the people who are there and not all meetings are actually open to the public. So be aware of what you're getting into and and where you're going. Once again, I'm Meg. Follow me on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. Over on Wattpad at Megan Alexandria. On Goodreads and on Amazon at Megan Alexandria. And I'm Elle. Follow me on Instagram at lmeredith.writes. You can also find me on Wattpad at lmeredithwrites. As always, if you're looking for an author community to call home, as we said, our Discord is open. It is a great place to meet new and aspiring authors. It's also always growing and so much fun. You can follow the links in our Instagram pages or just type in So You Wanna on Discord. We'd love to have y'all. Next week, we are talking about poetry. And if you stick around to the end, you might hear a couple poems from our own collections. Same time, same place. We want to see you there. So you wanna a show for writers, but writers, da-da, da-da-dee.